0: Welcome to Day 194, Shaped by the Word, Season 2, the drama of Scripture. Uh, We are witnessing something that, of course, Moses uh, prophesied uh, before the people came in to take the land. And, of course, even Solomon prophesied in the dedication of the temple. And many of the prophets have always talked about as Israel's unfaithfulness, bringing them under the judgment of God and having them cast out of the land, which God has given them because their sins are... Uh, as great as or even greater than uh you know the sins of the nations that God you know judged uh, before them in the same way God used Israel to judge the previous nations He will use other nations you know to judge Israel uh so we've already seen you know the nation of Israel or Samaria, you know the ten tribes who had torn away from the tribe of of Judah uh you know taken into captivity, and other people brought into the land to occupy the land and and now we're seeing uh, the slow uh, demise of uh, of Judah as well, and we come from a high point, uh, you know, a point of revival and a great deliverance, you know, from the Lord to a low point, the worst. Uh, if Hezekiah was uh, the best king in the history of Israel, mm-hmm. his son, however, is the worst king in the history of Israel in his atrocities, and this is always a bit tragic to us to see. Uh, we've already seen it, you know. In, Eli and his sons, and Samuel and his sons, and David and his sons, how uh, this rich heritage of love for the Lord is not passed on you know, from father to son. And, of course, there's even a warning you know, to us in, in all of that. So I hate to do this, but we're going to end the week on a low point. Uh, we've given you Psalms to read tomorrow, so I hope you'll be encouraged from the Psalms. And, of course, there is the call to gather as God's people and worship him, and I hope you're deeply encouraged by that this weekend as well. Uh, but we leave considering, you know, the depths that sin can bring us to. Uh, so before uh, we read, as always, we offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Sandy, do you mind doing that for us? No.
1: Father, we um, come to this time in your word, Lord, where we want to open our hearts to you. Father, we just would ask that as you... Um, by your spirit, move in our hearts that you would either comfort or convict, Father, that you would cause us um, to look well into our own hearts, Father, and to be, um, just to be convicted by your word. And so, Lord, we just give you, um, give you our hearts, give you this time and ask that you would teach us and help us to be matured in our faith and our walk with you. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.
0: Uh, Second Kings 21, a name that uh, we should well remember. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. His mother's name was Hephzibah. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He also erected altars to Baal and made an Asherah pole as Ahab king of Israel had done. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped him. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I'll put my name. In the two courts of the temple of the Lord he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his own son in the fire, practiced divination, sought omens, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. He took the carved Asherah pole he made and put it in the temple of which the Lord had said to David and to his son Solomon, In this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I'll put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites wander from the land I gave their ancestors, if only they'll be careful to do everything I commanded them and will keep the whole law that my servant Moses gave them. But the people did not listen. Manasseh led them astray so that they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The Lord said through his servants, the prophet Manasseh, the king of Judah, has committed these detestable sins. He has done more evil than the Amorites who preceded him and led Judah into sin with his idols. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I am going to bring such a disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. I'll stretch out over Jerusalem the measuring line used against Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. I'll wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it all, wiping it and turning it upside down. I'll forsake the remnant of my inheritance and give them into the hands of enemies. They'll be looted and plundered by all their enemies. They've done evil in my eyes and have aroused my anger from the day their ancestors came out of Egypt until this day. Moreover, Manasseh also shed so much innocent blood that he filled Jerusalem from end to end. Besides the sins that the Lord uh, had caused Judah to commit, so they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, he had caused Judah to commit. So they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. As for the other events of Manasseh's reign and all that he did, including the sin he committed, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? Manasseh rested with his ancestors and were buried in his palace garden, the Garden of Uzzah. And Amon his son, succeeded him as king. Amon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years His mother's name was Meshalemeth, the daughter of Heros. She was uh, from Jebath. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. He followed completely the ways of his father, worshiping idols his father had worshiped and bowing down to them. He forsook the Lord, the God of his ancestors, and he did not walk in obedience to him. Ammon's officials conspired against him and assassinated the king in his palace. Then the people of the land killed all who had plotted against King Ammon, and they made Josiah his son king in his place. As for the other events of Ammon's uh, reign and what he did, are they not written in the book of the Annals of the King of Judah? He was buried in his tomb in the Garden of Uzzah, and Josiah, his son, succeeded him as a king. So just a, a note uh, on the other end, a bit of a spoil alert. Josiah will also be a high note in the nation of Israel uh, after uh, his uh, his two... Uh, his, his father and his, uh, his his father's brother ran ahead of him. So here we have here we have Manasseh. So we've quickly moved from Hezekiah, uh, who, uh, in many ways, is even more faithful than David was, and who uh, does, for a time, expand you know some of the lost territory of Judah and enjoys the blessing of the Lord, even though the judgment you know that's coming is inevitable and sees a miraculous deliverance from the Lord. And then we see his son succeed him, and his son is absolutely polar opposite in everything he had done. Everything that Hezekiah had torn down, he rebuilds. And, of course, he even comes into the temple of the Lord and erects you know monuments to other gods in both uh, the outer court where the people worshipped and inner court where the priests served. Uh, you know, not touching the Holy of Holies, but uh right there in front of um, in front of the Ark of the Covenant, uh you have this image you know that he erects uh, to Ashtoreth, you know his God, and even you know even sacrifices one of his sons uh, on, on the altar, so it is a dark picture of where sin leads
1: well, I was struck that. <laughs> He came into this kingdom as a (laughs) twelve-year-old, so it was pretty crazy. But the thing, also, Josiah will be eight.
2: eight, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, So,
1: and but the thought that he reigned for fifty-five years—that's so long—under such an evil king that I can't even imagine um, a whole generation that was just kind of. Now and, uh, no, and that, raised that is, up under yeah, that. So. It,
0: we, we read about it in a couple of paragraphs and we soon get over it for the nation of Israel. This was this was a generation uh, whose whose leadership took them as far from God as they could possibly be. These were dark places. No one in Israel would have ever imagined going, especially when they came into the land and, and uh, were themselves repulsed by the you know the uh, uh, the the nations that went before them and the, the ways that they worshipped their God. Now they're doing the very things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for which God has brought judgment on the nations, and of course He He will bring in, yeah, judgment on them as well.
2: It's a bleak picture. I mean, just trying to grapple mm-hmm. with this. Of, I mean, we've seen as we've been walking through First Kings, Second Kings, just, and I think we alluded to it last week is just as the king of Israel goes you know so goes the nation the nation um, either thrives or dies in a lot of ways based on the the faithfulness of a king and just how quickly I mean how quickly these things shift Mm -hmm. from a king who you know like Hezekiah who is is righteous and and leading well to a a king that's not even half-hearted I mean it's Yeah, I mean, how would you like your reign to be characterized by? You shed so much innocent blood that you filled Jerusalem from end to end. Besides the sin that he had caused you to to commit, Mm -hmm. I mean, what just a a graphic picture of of our depravity and of our sin and, and where it leads.
1: And we've also talked about it a few times, but you know, as God brought the people out of Egypt and they went into the promised land, they were there to be blessing to the nations and to live holy and set apart and and different and and we've seen it said many times but we see it said again here and it's in verse 9 but you know the people didn't listen and Manasseh led them astray so they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites so not only are they failing to be what God's called them to be to the nations they've actually become like them and possibly even worse Um, so yeah the Friday bleak picture is wrapped up in so much of that of just seeing how far they've gone from the heart of, of 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 God, not just the king, yes, but in all the people, um which is just more and more heartbreaking as you consider that
0: no it is and, and and you're right they're they're called to be a people that are so unique and so different, uh so filled with grace and wisdom, uh you know that they stand in stark contrast to the nations around them and 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 even are a compelling portrait, you know, to the nations around them. then invite the nations into the presence of God. Uh, but they end up looking more like the nations, and they look like the heart and the character of the God who has, has called them. And, of course, that that's a warning for us. Mm-hmm. We can look, you know, far more like uh, the culture around us, and we can be a compelling difference from the culture. Mm-hmm. And, and, obviously, you know, one one reaction is to kind of stand back and throw uh, rocks at and ridicule the culture you know, around us or curse, curse the culture around us. But really what we're called to is not so much to do that as to offer a beautiful, uh, gospel-centered, gracious alternative in which there is both a compelling uh, portrait of who Christ is and also a compelling testimony of his greatness mm-hmm. and of his work and of his grace and, and of his call on, on their lives. So as we're a reflection of God, we're very uh, a compelling people that bring healing to the nation as we're a reflection of the culture around us we're everything but compelling uh, and 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 it does lead to this destructive kind of inward uh, you know look that eventually leads us as far from the heart of God as we can possibly be so a sad moment in the, in the history of Israel and a great warning for us you know at the same time uh, David do not you close us out with
1: a word of prayer let's pray. And Father, as we look at your word, we we can't help but see how how far we can often get from your heart and your desire for us as your people. And so Father, forgive us for the times that that we've been led astray and look way more like the culture around us than the unique calling you've given us to be your people, to display your heart and your character to our city, to our nation, to the world. And so Father, may you forgive us. And may you by your spirit um, renew and restore us um, to be your people here in this time, in this place, uh, for your glory and our ultimate joy. We pray it all in the name of Jesus.